Weavers, if you've noticed, this is titled part two of our interview with Shanna Stoker. If you haven't gotten a chance to listen to part one, go back and listen to that first because it's important and it won't make sense. But this is part two. Hope you enjoy. Let's pull it back to the more mundane. Okay. Okay. I I really want to talk about (laughs) off the beaten path. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's not mundane at all, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Let me preface this. Let me preface this. Uh, I am, it's an ongoing joke of how much older I am than my other two hosts. I am an older gentleman. I don't know what you're talking about. (sighs) How are the dinosaurs? Shut up. (laughs) Okay. So I really don't like theater and musicals. I've never have. Okay. I listen to the OBP reading you guys did off of your uh, Wix site. Oh, yeah. And I was blown away. Mm-hmm. God, is it wonderful? Oh, man. I was just so enthralled. For over two hours, I couldn't stop listening. Right? You and don't understand. It, like, getting him to listen to more than 10 minutes of any uh, theater is something. So this is. Yeah. yeah <laughs> listen, a, okay. A, I am very good friends with Tori Doctor, who is the creator and, like, plays a lot of times in those musicals. So oh, he, yeah. you need to have on your show. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. if we could get him, I would I would yes. absolutely love it. You because... I've already gotten his I've already gotten him connected with another podcast I did. And now that person is like at every single performance in the comments and stuff. So like, yeah, you're you're totally. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> no, I'm going we to start it following it and, and listening to the performances because I just it was amazing. You got you and all the rest of the actors on that show are amazing. Thank you I, so much. I just I, as Morgane. Oh, my God. Like I, I freaked out. You have to, that's not even the main musical. So the main musical is off the beaten path, which is the first in a trilogy. They're actually creating two more musicals for off the beaten path. And so I think it's paths less traveled and then uh, end of the path or something like that. And so that's going to be a a full fledged like trilogy. And the ones that you, the one that you saw is an SOA, which is a songs of our lyrics. Our lyrics is the name of the world that he's created. And so um, those are kind of backstories. And that's when my character Morgane was kind of created and, and uh, introduced into the world. And, but, but that's just like, that's just like backstory. Like I, you got to watch the original. OB okay. I, I got a question. Amazing. I got a question for you though. Sure. Where the hell did you go? Like your character go? <laughs> disappeared. Oh, <laughs> like, you were just gone. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like you defeated like the one and just like disappeared. And I was like, well, what, what happened? Where'd she go? She's, she's, she's back. She's coming back. She actually, I just did another Wait, I'm trying to remember God. Cause they're so sometimes I play Roswin in the original OBP show. In fact, on Monday I'm playing the queen track. So I get to play like five different characters, but the main one is the queen. Um, and so, you know, I play a bunch of different characters in the universe, but my character Morgane. Yeah. I mean, she is, she's intense. And the cool thing about it is like, she's based loosely. Well, I won't say loosely. She's literally drawn to look like me, but it's just, she's, she's also very different from me in a lot of ways, but like, I I can't wait. I I know that there's going to be more. In fact, I just did on February 13th. That's what it was. There was another SOA and it was about this character named Dar, who is a fan favorite and played by Tori doctor. And, um, it was about, 
Dar and Morgane, who they kind of become, a, a, you know, like a ragtag team. And like she, there's it's just this amazing platonic friendship. And, you know, he's got the love of, love of his life that he's that he's just not over because they can't be together. And there's just this it's terribly sad and romantic. And then, you know, Morgane is this like support for him and vice versa. He supports her because she has these powers of, of again, clairvoyance and this magical cottage that takes her through time and space. And she has no idea where it's taking her because it takes her places that it's kind of a Mary Poppins ish. Like it takes her to places that need her help, but she has no idea why she's there until she does some of her own digging. And so it's really interesting. And I know he's planning to incorporate her more and more as he continues to write these SOAs, but um, yeah, you can check out, I don't know. I don't know what, cause they're not all, all of these videos aren't available just to the public. I think if you join the Patreon, which is only I want to say like two bucks a month right now. Oh, then I'm you can get access there. Yeah. to I all am so of that. There. And there's also, oh, there's also, God, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm so excited. I love OBP. This, these people are genuinely <laughs> the kindest group of people I've ever met in my entire oh, life. And they're all so <sighs> good. There aren't they? Aren't they? <laughs> Dude, what was it? What's your name? Spark? Yes. Oh my God. Oh my she's God. So she's so I love cute. Her. It's so crazy. Spark. I know. She's going to actually play the main, well, I say the main, but like the leader of the party, Kydeus, who is usually a male presenting, you know, character. Um, she's playing Kydeus this Monday and like, the, oh, I'm listening be Monday. Incredible cast. You have to watch on Monday. I'm it's watching be Monday period because yes. I'm serious. <laughs> it, like I know she's like my other two hosts haven't been able to watch it yet, but it's amazing. Eris is freaking amazing. She is oh, so good. She's a badass. And just Justine, who is I the actress wait. that plays her typically is so incredible. I cannot wait to see her on in this new role as Kydeus. Um, but we also have, the, we just started this month, actually a, a newsletter and it's called, I think it's called the um, Carsis Caller. So Carsis is the name of like this country that most of this is happening in. Yeah. And, uh, and so it's called like the Carsis Caller, but Morgane, I, as Morgane have created. Love her. <laughs> Thank you. Um, have created horoscopes for this world. So Tori oh, and cool. I, and like the team, the creative team, well, they came to me and they were like, Hey, how would you feel about potentially writing horoscopes as Morgane? And I'm like, okay, yes. I don't care what other obligations I have. I'm doing this. I'm doing it. And, so, <laughs> and I've never written horoscopes before, but I've written a tarot book. So I guess it's, you know, I figured I could make it work. Um, but I worked with Tori and they've created, so there's an entirely different calendar to the world of our Lyris that, so it's 10 months and it's all based on like their, their, um, gods that they have in this world and each each god there's five gods and then each god has like two astrological signs that go with it like the mother has love and trepidation so each god has like one that has a positive connotation and a one that has a negative connotation and so each individual moon which is what we call the months uh has a uh, a god that pertains to it a particular moon and then a particular horoscope. So I had to go through and define what are each of these uh, astrological signs like, just like if I, if I know I'm an Aries in our world, then I kind of know that means fiery, temperamental, you know, powerful, tenacious. But what is this going to mean, you know, for these, for these astrological signs? So I had to create all of those and then 
now for every month or for every, sorry, moon, because they come out with the moons of our Lyris, not with the months of our year, um, then there will be an entire stack of horoscopes for the month, depending on what your sign is. And so what your sign is in, in our Lyris, it's really cool. <laughs> and it is just is it's so much fun. And you get a lot oh, yeah. of bonus content, a lot of informational stuff in this newsletter that is all from the, it's very like, it's in like, I... you, you're in the world. You're in the story, you know? Okay. T- tell our listeners, you know, both of them, uh, <laughs> where they can get the newsletter from. So if you go to off the beaten path.com, I believe that is it off the beaten path. Or if you just search off the beaten path musical, in fact, let me look up exactly what it is. Uh, OBP musical because I don't want to write, say the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's obpmusical.com. And you should be able to go there and see uh, all the information about whatever upcoming um, performances we have. Like the first thing that I'm seeing is the OBP reading for this Monday. And you'll see things about um, their musical commissions. They also do musical commissions for like D&D parties all the time. Like if you want your character to have their own theme music or if you want theme music for your game or things like that. Yeah. In fact, I'm one of their singers for that. So Mm. um, yeah, (laughs) it's really cool. And so you can do that. They have information about that. They've got information about the characters. And so I would imagine that at the bottom of here somewhere, you'd be able to sign up, but I don't really see it. So I don't know. Press maybe. No, that's just, uh, I'll have to figure that out and get you that information. Yeah, for Uh, sure. And I can always put (laughs) it in the, uh, in the episode notes at the bottom. So listeners and patrons uh, just look at the bottom of the notes and you'll get it. It'll be there (laughs) for sure. Sounds good. So let me ask this. And it's probably a simple question for you is how did you hear of off the beaten path? Because I had never heard of it before. I didn't actually. He found me. (laughs) Tori. No kidding. This is, I'm telling you, it's been the wildest ride since I started TikTok <laughs> because it was, it was genuinely like October 4th is when Dracora contacted me. And it was only like, a, I want to say a week or two before that, that OBP had contacted me. So Tori messages me out of the blue. Like, I have no idea who this person is and is like, Hey, random. I saw your video of you singing, um, the Sally's song from Nightmare Before Christmas, which I've got like pinned at the top of my TikTok. And it's like on my on my YouTube channel and stuff. And so he said, I saw that. And I was just wondering, do you do theater? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've been doing theater pretty much my whole life. I, you know, trained in it. I'm all this sort of stuff. Um, And he was like, okay. Or he he was like, for as an entire uh, on behalf of an entire production team. Yay because I need to talk to you about an opportunity. And then he just, you know, we ended up having, he gave me kind of a quick info session over TikTok, um, just messages. And then we set up a meeting for Zoom just to kind of talk about everything, get to know each other a little bit better. And that I thought was going to be like, we we both genuinely thought this is going to be like maybe a 30 minute video uh, call, you know, conference call. And we ended up like two hours later it was, I mean, I swear, I feel like I've known this man my whole life. I feel like I have known him in past lives. Like we were obviously meant to, you know, be friends. And he really brings, I think he really brings that into his writing for Dar, who he plays and me for like Morgane. Like he brings our friendship into that so much because like, that is us. Honestly, we're very like, it's just insane. I feel like, I feel like I've known him forever. And so we had this amazing two hour conversation that we literally, it was like, I think it was like 11 o'clock at night for me. And we were like, okay, we gotta, we gotta, 
just, we got to hang out. We can't be, you know, but immediately from that point on, it's just, you know, he brought me into the world and these people have been so welcoming, so kind, so encouraging and just the most, I, I mean, I, I have I've worked in theater for a long time and music and performing, and I have never in my life and everybody I've talked to in the, in the production says this, I have never met a group of people more loving and kind and genuine in my life. And I am just immensely grateful to be a part of it in any way they allow me to. <laughs> so yeah, I can't say enough great things about them. And the weird thing is like, when I, when I was watching this, it was like, I was getting to know these people. Yeah. They put so much of themselves into the characters. It's, it's amazing. Mm. And I could tell like more game fit your persona from what like the TikToks and the interviews, it just fits your persona so well. He's an amazing I, writer. He really is. I I, I want to interview him so Oh, bad. please do. I mean, you will have a wonderful time. And of course, it's a D&D inspired musical. So exactly. Sure yeah. This show is perfect <laughs> for him. Yeah. Please and, do. And I, if you haven't noticed, we are a D&D themed podcast. I don't know what gave you that idea. <laughs> no. Uh, never. No. And that was another thing was when he told me about this, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I just, I play Pathfinder with my friends all the time. So yeah. <laughs> okay. So this kind of segues and don't get me wrong. I could talk about off the beaten path the rest of the interview. I wouldn't care. Cause I just loved it so much. And I will so be, wa- I will that. be watching Monday and I probably will be oh, watching why? the next one. I mean, <laughs> I yeah, definitely so follow cool. them on TikTok. Follow them on TikTok and Instagram if you want updates about like when shows are coming up and what's going on. Um, but again, if you want to do a, the Patreon and, and get the newsletter, that's also a really great way to do it. But yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm going to be a Patreon yeah. and I didn't even know they were on TikTok. So, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so I just followed them. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we are a D&D, you know, inspired podcast. This is a kind of a COVID baby. Um, we yes. are all about education towards D and D. Okay, so and it's a it's a question we tend to ask um, all of our interview guests. Uh, what do you, if you remember? Do you remember the first D and D character you ever made? Ah, oh, I don't. I know. Okay, so it was. Okay, was what's the latest? The first latest. time, the latest one was actually for Pathfinder, and her name was Delphine Elveris. Uh, of course she was an elf. Well, she was half elf. She was half elf and half human. Um, and she was, I, God, it's been a minute. I think I, I think I was, no, I was a bard. I was a bard. Yeah. Cause the coming, um, it's me. <laughs> I was a bard. Yeah. That makes Pathfinder. So I was like, mm, I'm gonna go bard. Um, but yeah, that was, I love her. She's great. She was a lot of fun. We had a really fun party. It was actually the funny thing about it was it was also a COVID baby and it was my group. We, we called ourselves or we called it like the elementary adventures because I've known these guys. It includes my cousin who's six months older than me, who's basically my brother and, and uh, two of our really good friends from elementary school, because we were in, we were a bunch of nerds. And we were in uh, Pace together and we were in Mathletes together and we were in Computer Club together and we were in this like science. I can't remember what it was called, but it was some sort of like STEM club that did all of these like, nice. you know, we would go <laughs> to the so community great. center, convention center and like do competitions with other schools. And, you know, I mean, we were, we did everything like we did all of those things together. And so we were we were just a, we were just a ragtag team of nerds in elementary school <laughs> and we still are. So it was really fun when we just kind of randomly it was on one of my 
I think it was on my friend Bobby, whose name uh, in the in Pathfinder was Big Rough. Uh, he was amazing. I can't remember what he was a Sunni, I think. Anyway, um, okay. And so uh, he had posted something about a random, like you know, it was a random D and D funny meme post. And then all three of us ended up commenting and having this long conversation. And somebody randomly was like, "Oh man, we should have a, we should start, you know, a session." And we did, and we ended up playing for like a year and a half before just. Bobby ended up, he's uh, getting his PhD right now in psychology. And so he was busy with, with doing those rounds and everything. And so we had to kind of call it quits for a while, but I hope we do it again because I loved it. It was, it was just nice to see, like, after all these years, we're still the same, you know, essentially the same people as we were back in elementary school. It's just crazy. Oh, and and just to, just to mention, like with our interview guests, we like to invite them to a one shot. Um, probably oh, posted awesome. on Twitch. Probably posted on Twitch. Um, definitely streamed on the podcast. Uh, we'd like to invite them at some point to come in and make a character and uh, join a one shot. Just you know, a couple hours just to have fun. That would be because, great. I would love that. Oh, you have no idea what that <laughs> what that <laughs> it being to us. Excellent. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but that that's just something we like to do. Uh, so the biggest thing, we just had a, a recent podcast episode on improv hmm. and improv is a really big part of D and D. Yeah, it uh, is. we like, as, as far as the, the, the DM or like, as we'd like to call them the story weaver, it's, it's kind of a last resort. Cause we like to be, you know, prepared, but as a player, it's, it's a necessity we have to learn improv and it's very scary for a lot of players, but we have found out that you are kind of like the master of improv. Uh, am I? <laughs> well, Illidine, what, what, what was the name of the, the group? Wait, what was this? I'm sorry. Somebody, it broke up. <laughs> I say, I was asking um, one of my co-hosts. Oh, he had, what was the name of the murder mystery something? Oh yeah. Oh, in the Nashville. Murder yeah. Company in Nashville. Yes. Oh my God. So <laughs> that is also a funny story <laughs> that I won't delve too deep into, but yeah, um, that actually, again, I did not seek them out. I, that what happened was I went to a company party with my, with my partner at the time. And it was a, I was so excited because it was a twenties themed murder mystery party. And I'm like, hell yeah, I've already got the dress. So I, you know, <laughs> I get in my full flapper attire and I'm ready. And of course I get a, like a card at the dinner, meaning I get a character to play and I'm hell yeah, I'm going to play this character. Her name was Trish fish. She was one of the mobsters friends, oh you know, goodness. special friends. <laughs> anyway. I love and so- it. Oh my God. That's awesome. Uh, she's the real tomato. <laughs> yeah, she was a lot of fun. And so I got to play this part. And of course, immediately, I'm just like, I don't know any of his coworkers. I don't know any of this, you know, where I am. I'm new basically to Nashville at this point. And I just, I had a lot of fun with it. And so I didn't know this, but the the vice president of the, of the company in Nashville was there performing. And so I got to interact with him a bunch, like as, as Trish Fish. And then at the end of the show, you know, at the end of the, or the entire night, cause it was a whole, you know, a whole shebang. I even had to get up in the, and dance and testify at one point. It was, it, it was fun, <laughs> but, um, 
at the end of the the dinner, like I was giving back all the materials and they were like, Hey, do you mind waiting for a second? We have somebody that wants to talk to you. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so I wait for a second and then this actor comes over and I'm like, what? Oh God, please don't hit on me. I'm literally here with my, with my guy. Like, please, <laughs> you know, I just didn't know what, what was about to happen. And again, you know, it's just, you never know. And so he starts telling me that they would like to hire me based on that. <laughs> um, as my audition. And I was just like, Oh, okay, (laughs) sure. (laughs) I'm down. And like the next week I was playing trash fish again. And I didn't get to do a ton of things with them before I had my accident in 2018. Um, and you know, and I had just like to very abruptly leave Nashville, but they were so, so wonderful, so much fun. And it did actually get, give me a chance to play a, a lot of my improv, which I didn't get a lot of opportunity to do before, but I do very much enjoy. And that's that's actually a perfect segue because, of course, you know, as we said, we're kind of a a D and D podcast, I think, um, and uh, we like to call it like an educate uh, like edutainment. You know, we try mm-hmm. to, to try to help people um, with their tabletop experiences. And I noticed reading on your your resume, which is abundant, um, <laughs> you do you do quite a bit of of dialects. Here you've got Cockney, Standard British, Irish, Scottish, Australian, French, Russian, South, uh, Southern American, Brooklyn, and Standard American. Is there anything I left out? I don't, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I just kind of went through the list and was like, can I do that? Can I do that? Yeah, I'm going to put, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. And then, you know, <laughs> of course, we just list. add the the roaring 20s flapper voice in there as well. I mean, so yeah. when you're when you're doing these voices, is there something that you're emulating? Are you copying something that you've heard before? Or I mean, how, how I have do a very the... specific story about that? Actually, Perfect. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let's, uh, let's just shoot back in time to like 2010. Uh, okay. I am audition. I'm about to audition for the miracle worker at my local theater. And I, at this point I'd gotten a couple of lead roles, but you know, I wasn't really like, I was certainly not as confident in my acting abilities as I was in my singing abilities, which is funny because I love acting so much. And I do mm-hmm. think I'm, I, I, I'm very, I'm much more confident now, but at the time I just, I just didn't feel like I was good enough, you know? And I, okay. but I loved it. I loved it. So I, I really, anyway, I, I wanted to be in the show, but I assumed, I don't know if you know much about the miracle worker. That's the, of course, the one with, um, um, and Sullivan. Mm-hmm. and Helen Keller, you know, and, uh, set in Alabama, <laughs> yeah. but I, I was going to audition for Helen Keller's mother. And it, she's just a very, you know, it, comparatively to the other characters, she's, she's a simple character and she is, you know, a Southern belle and everything she says is kind of slow and kind of, you know, simple. And it's just easy. It's kind of an easy thing for somebody who grew up in Mobile, Alabama to do. And I knew that was something I could play because I usually would get cast as mother roles, mm-hmm. uh, just because I, I had the figure for it at a young age, you know, so I, you know, I got cast as those, as those roles. And so I figured that would be probably what I got. But then for some reason, as I'm driving 30 minutes away from my home to this audition, I think to myself, like, why don't I just go for it? Why don't I just go for it? I want Annie Sullivan. I want a challenge. Let me go for it. And I'm like, I don't know how to do an accent, an Irish accent. I've never in my life learned to do an Irish accent. And so all I can think of is a movie I had watched recently 
um, the third of a trilogy of Back to the Future. Yes. <laughs> so oh my God, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Right? So in Back to the Future 3, you know, of course, the cast that play the, the woman that plays his mother in, in the the his you know current timeline plays an ancestor in the mm-hmm. wild west in the third movie and i just couldn't think of anything besides her saying marty mcfly <laughs> <laughs> and so the entire drive i'm just watching like i'm i'm just everything every sign i pass i'm saying mcdonald's and like a pizza hut would you like a pizza without sir and like just anything wow. i can do to just read and try to say something and try to like come up with dialogue or dialogue i knew from shows or dialogue that i knew from different um, you know or monologues i had done and just doing it as as her saying Martina fly and so like every night so I ended up getting the sh- I got the role <laughs> and I didn't even play like I had not prepared <laughs> to read for that role I had not prepared my accent more than that 20 minutes in the car after I had decided to do it I had like I was so flabbergasted that I had gotten the role and this was genuinely at the time I think the biggest role I had gotten and so it was a huge undertaking. I mean, we did like three months of rehearsals for that, of just straight, like most of the time my rehearsals were just me and the girl playing um, Annie Sullivan. I mean, I was Annie Sullivan, the girl playing Helen Keller. I'm just, because like we had to get our, you know, interactions right. And, and like, there wasn't, there were a couple of rehearsals that we just had to slap each other a bunch of times because that was in the show. And my director was like, we're not doing fake slaps. You have to slap this eight-year-old girl. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, it was a lot easier when she was throwing cold water and eggs in my face. Um, but yeah, that's my story about dialects, but I do, I think that's probably the easiest way to, to learn a dialect is just find one that you like that, you know, within that dialect, um, for example, for Cockney, I always think of, um, Helena Bonham Carter as Mrs. Lovett. Oh, okay. Okay, Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like, and if I'm doing kind of a upper class, you know, standard British, it's very Mary Poppins, um, very Julie Andrews. And, you know, I just kind of have these that help me get into the headspace. If I can picture them talking, then it's a lot, it's a lot easier for me to then picture myself doing it. it. It's, it's a strange way to do that, I guess, but it works for me. <laughs> and so, uh, so I mean, now that we know, we know how to get a voice now that we've <laughs> copied somebody or some, some movie when as a, as a story weaver, we have a, a lot of random NPCs that come across mm-hmm. in, the, in the parties and things. How would you suggest, you know, if we're uh, if, if we're trying to get our party to be in, engrossed in things and we want to use a voice, how would you go about picking a voice for an NPC? Do you have any kind of advice for that? You know, I, I that's a great question because I've thought a lot about the characters of OBP because we we actually do have a lot of, you know, we have a <laughs> character called NPC, but it's spelled out like phonetically. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we, and I've wondered like, you know, people, people, when they're playing these roles will choose vastly different characters. And it's very cool. There's one, for example, there's this character who's like a bandit, you know, and he's just kind of stupid, but he's he's like the bad guy, you know, he's just the scoundrel. And I've heard him played with a thick Cockney accent. I've heard him played with a Russian accent and I've heard him played with like a, they own home Southern country accent like that. And it's just really funny (laughs) because it's just, yeah. I mean, everybody has a different take on him. So I think first I would recommend like looking at what are the intentions or the background of this individual. So is it does it matter if this person randomly has a German accent in this scene? Is anybody going to care or will the accent actually give? Is it going to take away from the character and like make you think about why the heck this guy has a German accent? Or will people just decide to 
you know, enjoy it and let that work. Right. If maybe, maybe it's, uh, you know, a woman who owns a brothel that I'm going to make her French. She's totally French. I'm sorry. That's it. That's all she's going to be for me is French. Right. If it's, <laughs> if it's a woman working in a pub, you know, and I decide like, I really want to make her give her an accent. I'm probably, if it's like in a pub, I'm just going to go with a standard, close to Cockney, not quite Cockney, but not quite upper-class British, just because that to me is a, is a nice neutral dialect for D and D and like a fantasy world. Um, but then, you know, if I'm going, if this person is wearing, if I've just, if I've been told that this person is wearing braids, then maybe she's got some Viking in her, you know, I mean, it's just really kind of interesting to, to oh, nice. play with yeah. what you're given in the character. What is something that you can take from that will then inspire you to choose a culture or choose a dialect. And then from there, you can bring in those aspects that make it well, well, a well-rounded a character rather than just something you plopped on top of a character, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I think that that goes hand in hand with, of course, improv in and of itself. Cause you've been, you know, you, you pick your NPC and you're like, uh, Cockney, that's what we're going with. Yeah. All right, write that down. You know? Um, so <laughs> when we're, when we're improving and we're doing things and we're, you know, I mean, we have no idea what the party's going to say or do mm, probably 99.9% of the time, uh, especially when you're playing a game with Thorn. And <laughs> I have just, no idea what you're talking about. Uh-huh, I am yeah. perfectly predictable. <laughs> um, like at least 1% of the time. 1%. I would say that, yeah. And and that 1% is he's going to fuck it up. That's all you, you, you can count yes, on that. That's so much. Here's chaos and body. He's going to mess it up. But so I don't mess anything up. I make it more interesting and everybody enjoys themselves. You sound like my cousin, Rich. That's exactly what he does. But he does actually make it better. I would (laughs) love to meet him. Oh, you would love him. Um, but when we're when we're improving, is so of course everyone's heard of of yes and, but Mm -hmm. is there something specific that helps you with improv of like okay what's my next line i'm gonna say or what's you know based off of just something that i that somebody throws at you how do you go about continuing i always do best when i just forget who i actually am and i know that sounds crazy but in improv you know you really don't have time to think about what what's your motivation gonna be (laughs) like your character like it's so much easier if you can just kind of shut off for a second your your logical, you know, day-to-day brain and just really see hear what your co-actors or co-players are saying but listen through the ears of your character if that makes sense. So, you know what I mean? You could say it something does. to Shanna and that might make me associate it with with you know something from my real-world experiences, but what if you say it to Delphina, like she's going to associate it now with her backstory and her cousin or her brother, you know, and like things that she's been through. And so if you can start getting into the mindset of your character, that's really all improv is about is being so present in your character that you can react as your character would. And it's not easy all the time. I'm not saying that this is like something that you could just easily do, but that would probably be the best um, advice I would give is just exercise that a little bit. And like a way to exercise that, if that is something you're interested in, whether it is for you know performance or for D&D or just for something to try out, one thing I would do, and this is a good for dialects as well, is read a book out loud in the character of 
your choosing in the dialect of your choosing and read it as though you're reading it aloud to other people, but then start playing. So once you've got your dialect down, then start playing with like your, your giving reactions as you read, like, how would your, how would your character reading this book react to this news? How would your character reading this book? Like, would they have an aside to say, would they have something funny and snarky to say about it? Like, you know, that's a really great exercise just to, to get to know your character better, to get to feel more comfortable in it. And especially also with dialects, I've been doing that with dialects since I was like five years old and could start reading. Like I've been trying to do British accents my whole life. So, (laughs) (laughs) that is a, that's a really wonderful exercise that I have utilized and has been extremely helpful for me. So that is definitely one I would recommend. I'm going to have to try that because I've been trying to nail a New Zealand accent and I I just, oh my God, those are so hard. (laughs) I just, (laughs) I can only do it right after I've watched the movie, what we do in the shadows. Like that's it. (laughs) And and then I lose it in five minutes. (laughs) Oh, that's so great. Cause I love that show. Oh, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with that show and movie. Um, it's, yeah, very excited yeah. for the new season in April. I mean, you could ask the guys. I, I, the, my best voices come out when I'm drunk. Um, so <laughs> nine times out of ten, I am absolutely the drunk story weaver. Um, I don't, well, that's lovely. I don't know what's talking about. We're usually <laughs> drunk with you. I don't remember anything. Uh, don't remember anything. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm always drunk. That's just a matter of just that's happens. <laughs> that's just your equal. That's like your base yeah. at this that point. Is, yeah. That is his personality. <laughs> Pretty much. That's my personality. I'm good that's at it. funny. <laughs> no, I I am really good at improv in the game, mm-hmm. but I am horrible at voices. Absolutely okay. horrible. <laughs> and I to be honest, there's a lot of people like me. It's um I don't know if it's a confidence thing or the fact that it's just I've been I've been playing for so long that I just don't think I need this. Yeah. And I don't think you need, I don't think that you need one. If it's something that is more of a hindrance to you in performing as your character, then Mm -hmm. like, you don't need that. That does not, it's not going to, that's not going to necessarily make it better for you. In fact, I would say, unless you really feel called to just do a voice, like if you're like me and in random conversation throughout the day, you happen to slip in a Russian accent, like, you know, do what you do. And if that feels (laughs) good for you and inspires you, then absolutely. Like if it helps you get in the headspace, then accents are great. But if it's at any point, something where you feel like you're struggling with it, or it's, it's overpowering your ability to think in character, then, you know, you don't need it. It's just, it's, you don't need it. (laughs) And you know, we we do tell our player, like the people that are listeners that are players, we tell them that like, if you don't feel it, don't do it. Like, I don't usually use a voice for my character in D&D or in Pathfinder. Like I, I like to, I love to play in, or like voice NPCs where I can just be silly and stupid and have different voices because it doesn't really matter for the characters as much. But I know that eventually my character is going to be getting in some deeper things. And I'm like, mm, do I want to <laughs> do that with a Cockney accent? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely pigeonholed myself into one. Uh, I had a character, uh, Demi, which was like a mixture of a, a Swedish German accent. And he was he was a, a drunk. He was a satyr. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, once we started getting into the deeper things and, and uh, Bone Daddy was actually the uh, uh, the DM there I and, was. and he, you know, we got into this part where one of the characters, one of the players died and I was like, OK, so I could go full bore and just do this stupid voice that I've had and really talk about death in this stupid voice or I could change it. And yeah. I ended I ended up doing the voice because I, I don't know. I was probably drunk, but it was just one of those things like, man, I don't, 
you know, I picked this voice to be silly and now I'm talking about somebody dying and I'm yeah, about to make right? the party exactly. cry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, your character was like, I, I figured you were drunk while you were playing Timmy because Timmy was be. drunk all the time. <laughs> all the time. The only character voice that I seem to, that I ever seem to shift into is when I'm playing a really younger character. Mm-hmm. Like, and then I, my voice just reaches, goes higher pitch than it already normally is. <laughs> yeah, because that helps you get into the headspace of this younger character, I'm sure. And I then when, I, when I'm DMing, I'll be like, if anyone asks me, they're like, well, what's the voice? And I'm like, this is the voice you're getting. This is the only voice <laughs> you're getting from me. <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, the, the, the best thing that I think about uh, voices and, and improv in itself is that we can also use body language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's probably where I, I excel at the, the most um, is trying to get, like you were saying about the backstory and the personality. I love those answers because that's something that we push uh, in our podcast is you need to know more about your character and Absolutely. backstory. You know, and if, if you have like one paragraph of a backstory, sure, quote unquote, you have, a plethora of things where you can go but if you have no idea where you're going then you're you spiral <laughs> well and the thing about that is i would even recommend if you don't mind i'm sorry i don't mean no to absolutely i apologize take it <laughs> <laughs> um so th- about that like i will i understand from the perspective of somebody who's never who had never played before like when i first got into D, even with all my performance experience i was even like whoa i don't even know where to start like how do i create a backstory and i didn't really have one and so one thing that i think would be a great idea for people who maybe don't feel comfortable doing that yet or aren't sure where to start. They, you can absolutely start by giving your story as in you woke up in this place and have no idea your backstory. You don't know who you are, or where you're going. You just know that you are around these people and they're inviting you on this trip and you're going to be a hero now. And you know what I mean? And maybe along the way you find things about your character and you create your story along the way. And that works too. But like, it's still, that is still totally a valid backstory, you know? And it's a way for people who aren't sure of where to begin to create their own adventure inside of this D&D adventure of figuring out who their character is and writing a little bit more about them in every, you know, after every um, part or after every uh, session, you know, it's just, there's so many ways to look at it. Okay. So like me, I, I enjoyed off of being path because it's choose your own adventure. I really mm-hmm. enjoy yeah. that part of it. And I, I really think of D&D like that. So um when I I believe that chaos brings better RP, you know, better mm-hmm. role play. Oh, yeah. Um, I enjoy the role playing part of it. I've been playing long enough to where I'm done with just the dungeon crawls and all the fighting. I like the role playing part of it, and I tell listeners all the time that chaos brings better RP. Mm-hmm. But chaos also means you have to improv. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And it can, it can, it causes a lot of problems with players, especially younger ones, because they, they're scared of the improv part of it. Mm-hmm. So what kind of advice would you give them? Ooh, good question. That is a really good question. Don't encourage them to be chaotic. <laughs> no, encourage them to, to be chaotic. Down. It's fun. Yeah. Well, I think, I think like if you can't be chaotic on your own in a way that feels comfortable, then at least be open to riding the chaos wave. You know what I mean? Ooh, that's like, nice. You know, oh, it, yeah. that is absolutely okay if you don't feel like orchestrating chaos. But 
it does make it more fun. I am not a chaotic person. I, but I, oh God, I love chaos. I, (laughs) I wish so much that I was a more chaotic person in my personal life because I feel like those it's so much fun. I love those type of people. I love those type of environments. I love those type of movies. Like I just chaos is fun, but I personally cannot get away with it. I can't, I, every time I try to be chaotic, it backfires so badly, but I know how to ride the wave, man. I know, you know what I mean? I know how to go with the flow. And I think that's, that's what I would recommend is like, don't be nervous about it because you don't have to be the first to respond. You don't have to be the first to open up and talk as your character. You don't have to do those things. If you feel uncomfortable, then, you know, tell your party members, but try at least try. You don't, you don't sit back the whole time and be quiet, but you don't have to be at the forefront of the chaos. Do your best and just try to ride that wave and try to give back to it in ways that you can like ways that fit for your character. And I don't know if that's very, you know, if that's going to be helpful. It's very nonspecific, but that's because I oh, want no, to that's amazing. for lots oh, of different that, people. That, yeah, no, that's yeah, helpful a, a lot. That okay, is good. really <laughs> great. Yeah. Okay, so I got one favor to ask. Sure. Um, when I told my sister that we were interviewing you, she researched you like intensely. And she's so in love with you right now. <laughs> Could you please just give a shout out to Emily Warner? Absolutely. Hi, Emily Warner. Thank you so much for the love and support. I, that just means <laughs> the world to me. Um, so thank you. I think you just made my whole day. I'm just smiling from ear to ear right now. <laughs> she's she's awesome. so mad at me right now because I did that. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Yes, oh, absolutely. We, I mean, we, we have, we can obviously talk about a lot more um of and course, we're definitely yeah. <laughs> absolutely gonna have to bring you back on at least for some ghost stories if oh, yeah. not more I definitely want to we need I, more witchy talk from you too yeah. yes. I'll, 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 oh believe me i am all here to talk i'm all about talking about oh i'm telling you next time stuff, so. next oh, time we do witchy stuff we need we need raven on we do yeah, need we do. Raven on. Ooh, so good. like all, all of us, I don't know if you've noticed, but all of us have a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, it, uh, one of the things that I, I like to, we'll, we'll talk about it in the behind the scenes. I'm getting ahead of myself. But I, first of all, thank you again for coming on. Uh, we've, we're hitting an hour and a half. So this will be a two-parter episode. Uh, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on uh, to thank the show. Thank you so much for having me, really. This has been such a blast. And what, where, I mean, I, we did hit on a few things, you know, off the beaten path and the ghoulish garb, but can you just do a, a quick, uh, if you know your link tree or just something where everyone, all the listeners can get to you and find you? Absolutely. So you can find me on link, uh, link tree slash the ghoulish gal. If you just want to search that in Google, it'll pop up or it's just linktr.ee slash the ghoulish gal all, you know, one word, there's no lowercase or any, I mean, there's no, um, what are those things called? Underscores. Underscores yeah. I can find <laughs> words. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all of my links are on there. You can also find me at the ghoulish gal on TikTok. Of course, that is the underscore ghoulish underscore gal. Mm-hmm. And I'm also on Instagram. So it's really easier for just you to go to my link tree. And our uh, <laughs> shop is also on the link tree as well. And we do have, a, for right now, we have a sale going on for the Ooh. Terror Tarot Shadow Edition, which is the latest edition of our Terror Hello, Tarot deck. Yes, it's all in black and white. It is on sale only on Amazon right now, but we do have it available also on our Etsy and eBay stores and on 
Etsy, we have a wonderful collection uh, edition where you can get both the original color version and the shadow edition together oh, as a set, very highly on sale. You can also choose to add sticker packs that match. Like there's lots of options. And of course I run our customer service for all of our platforms. So if you ever have a question or just want to reach out, please do, please contact me. Uh, you'll much, it's much easier to get me on Etsy <laughs> just because I check that like relentlessly. I'm not as great with checking social media stuff. So, but please reach out uh, and, and check out my stuff. If you have any questions, let me know. That's awesome. And, and once again, like I said, uh, thank you. And, you know, to the, to the two patrons that are out there, um, thank you for being patrons and, and, <laughs> and as always guys, uh, check your dungeons because this dungeon is occupied. Bye. 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 <laughs>